Hi friends, how's it going? Um, it's been almost two months since I last put out an episode for our beautiful community, but it's been a hectic and busy two months. Um, and I hope that everyone is feeling well today. And I hope your November is off to a good start. And I know it's pretty much mid to end November, but like that also means that 2020 is coming to a close and wrapping up and it's crazy how fast time has gone by but also I am ready for this year to wrap up and I do want you to know that I have a handful of episodes that are going to be coming out before the year wraps up so that's super exciting and that's something to look forward to and I'm excited for the community to have a listen to that Um, but with that being said I do want to introduce my guest for today's episode And that is Leslie Ewing, who is the executive director of Plant-Based Foods Canada. And some of you are probably like, well, what is Plant-Based Foods Canada? And I was thinking the same thing. So on today's episode, we're actually going to do a deep dive into what the organization does. And I know typically I use this platform to speak with different individuals about their wellness journeys or their brands and how they got started and how they've been navigating the past year. But today's episode is going to be a little bit different as we're going to dive into more of the quote-unquote corporate side of plant-based foods and what the organization does and how it operates. So some brands that are members and that we mentioned just so you kind of get an idea is like Earth's Own, Daya, Beyond Meat, Ripple, and Green Space brands. So we know that plant-based diets and vegan diets have been around for centuries and have been the norm for many cultures and areas around the world. However, in North America, we've recently over the past five years have seen a shift where people are wanting to better their lives health-wise and also be more mindful of the environment. So we see that shift to more people adopting this like plant-based flexitarian diet and it's really truly beautiful. However, there are also these brands that are now coming out that are producing meat alternatives or dairy alternatives. So it's very interesting to kind of see how there is this like liaison between grocery stores and the brands and us as the consumer. So this is what this episode is kind of going to cover. I hope you enjoy. It's a lot of information, but it's interesting and I hope you like it. I'm going to stop talking and then we're going to get into this episode. Before we get into today's episode, I have a quick little message from our sponsors over at Coco Kind. Coco Kind is a clean and sustainable beauty and wellness brand that uses superfoods to help you achieve glowing and healthy skin. Instead of stripping away moisture with harsh chemicals, they're all about tackling dryness, excessive oiliness, and breakouts with soothing ingredients like mushrooms, matcha, turmeric, and more. They also believe that good effective skincare should be accessible and that you shouldn't have to break the bank to get results. That's why all of their products are $25 or less. You can find CocoKind at Target, Whole Foods, or CocoKind.com. And for a limited time, Lemon Water listeners, you can get 10% off your first order using code LEMONWATER10. Now to our episode. Hi, Leslie. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you here today. Um, There's like a lot that I want to discuss. And I think that this is a really interesting topic. And I know that the organization that you currently work with is based in Canada, but I think that for the listeners, it can really be applicable. And there's going to be a lot of great takeaways for everyone um, 
from this conversation. So um, how's your day going so far? Good. Well, thank you very much for having me. I love when I get the opportunity to talk about the things that we're doing at Plant-Based Foods of Canada. And this is such a dynamic group of categories. It's a pretty exciting time to be in the food industry, specifically this particular area. So, but the day's going fine. It's, uh, it's not snowing yet. It's a little chilly, but it's all good. <laughs> I know. Um, so for those of you listening, we're both located in Canada. Um, but Leslie, why don't we just start off about, a little bit about what you do and your background and how you kind of got involved with the organization? Sure. So um, Plant-Based Foods of Canada is the collective voice for companies who make and market plant-based foods in Canada. We have three areas of focus. One is build awareness of plant-based foods among Canadians. So going way back, uh, when I graduated from university, I actually started working at Holt Renfrew, fashion industry, which is what I loved. That was with Holt Renfrew. And there was an outside elevator to get into the building uh, for the staff. But I am quite sure that once a month, they would purposely break that elevator and force you through the escalator through the store. And I had to leave and change career paths in order to pay off that credit card because I just could not prevent myself from shopping in that store. So um, I left there. I was offered a job with uh, National Grocers, which is Loblaws. And at the same time, I was offered a job with Nielsen Market Research. I chose the job with Nielsen, um, sort of analyzing food trends, and I was there for about 11 years. And then uh, I took a little bit of time off and started my own company, which is a consulting company focused on executive for hire and business development. And that's what led me to first be uh, the executive director of the Confectionery Manufacturers Association and then the opportunity to play a key role in the growth of this organization, which has just been phenomenal. So uh, under the umbrella of Food, Health, and Consumer Products of Canada, which is the largest trade association in Canada. I've been involved in building out this division, Plant-Based Foods of Canada, for about the last five years, but we officially launched in September of 2018. Mm -hmm. So like we just said, like you just had mentioned, the last five years, we kind of have a lot of people have really noticed the trend of plant-based foods being a little bit more integrated into our everyday lives, but um, what does plant-based Canada do? Plant-based food Canada do? And what is your role sure. in the organization? So um, Plant-Based Foods of Canada is the collective voice for companies who make and market plant-based foods in Canada. So as the executive, executive director of a, uh, a growing organization, I wear a lot of hats. So my day uh, includes, you know, head of communications, head of business development, member services. Um, I'd say every day starts basically with scanning the news to see uh, where we might need to lend our voice or where we need to just monitor. Um, a good example of that was the vote that just happened in the EU, the labeling vote that just happened. So it's one of those things that we would monitor and track and see where it goes. Um, a lot of time is spent communicating with the members. So with current members, making sure that we're headed in the right direction, but also, um, you know, 
as this cat, these categories are growing, there's a lot of interest in joining the organization. So a lot of time spent talking to prospects too, talking about the organization, what we're doing and what the benefits are. Mm-hmm. And so when you say members of the organization, do you mind just sharing with the listeners what you mean by that, by members? So to my understanding, is it more of plant-based brands that are sold in grocery stores? Like what, what, who are the members? Sure. So right now we have about 34 members, but we span almost farm to fork. So we have companies who are sort of on the cutting edge of technology and what they're doing with the crops that are coming out of the ground. Companies who are making ingredients that go into the foods with those products, um, uh, investment companies in the plant-based food space, to the obvious companies like um, you know, Beyond Meat and Earthstone and Daya and Lightlife and Ripple Foods, all those kind of companies. Companies who actually distribute the products all the way through to retailers. So we have the full spectrum. So it's a member-based organization and they join uh, the group and they uh, get a seat at the table and get access to all kinds of benefits. But as I said, it kind of spans um, all the way from the farm to the fork. Wow. And so... When you kind of entered this space, were you always plant-based or not that you are, like, are you plant-based or are you more on the flexitarian side? Like, what's your relationship with the, the space? Sure. So, uh, you know, I have always enjoyed sort of meatless meals. Harder time giving up cheese, but uh, certainly, that. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. right. But yeah. So I've always liked meatless meals, but when I got the opportunity, and I, I would say that I really didn't know a lot about flexitarianism or vegan vegetarianism until about five and a half years ago when I got the opportunity to get involved in the ground floor uh, building this organization. And since then, it has been a constant learning curve. Um, there's so much to learn. There's so much that's happening and, you know, as I said before, it's a really exciting area of the food industry to be in. So it's been um, sort of experimentation for me ever since then. I would say I'm a flexitarian. It's funny because we use these terms and assume, you know, everybody in the food industry knows what this is, but we assume everybody else does too. And I think flexitarian, you know, vegan, vegetarian, those terms have been around for a really long time, but flexitarian um, you know, just sort of to level set, uh, the way we look at it is it's people who are expanding their diets to incorporate more plant-based options. Um, you know, sometimes those folks, including me, could have a veggie burger on a Monday and a beef burger on a Thursday, right? So it's all about options and variety um, and is less restrictive and is probably might be more appealing for a lot of Canadian consumers who are recognizing the benefit of plant-based foods, but maybe aren't ready to make that leap to vegan, vegetarian. So I would fall right in that sort of flexitarian area. Mm-hmm. I also think that some people hear the word plant-based and automatically they assume that it means vegan or it means vegetarian. But I really think that plant-based means that the majority of the diet has a lot of plants incorporated to it, which is also more like it could be beans, it can be nuts, it can be all that stuff, but then you can still eat meat, but it's more of like an 80-20 trend, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. So I think, um, you know, one of the things that the research has shown is that um, 
plant-based, the word plant-based is more inclusive, right? And is perceived better than the word vegan vegetarian, just because that comes across as being fairly restrictive, right? It's you eat these things, but you can't eat, or you don't eat these other things. Whereas, as I said, we see, we see, and most of the descriptions I've ever seen have been flexitarian is about expanding diets as opposed to restricting things. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And so what does, I know, I feel as though, correct me if I'm wrong, the organization is more so like a liaison between, I would say like grocery stores and the government, like what types of, I would say like laws or kind of, I wouldn't, maybe laws isn't the right word, but like regulations that you guys kind of do with the government. Sure. So we have really sort of three areas of focus. One is build awareness of plant-based foods among Canadian consumers. So, you know, in the simplest terms, lay the groundwork, right? So people understand, um, uh, you know, are educated about what plant-based foods are, what, what's available, those kind of things. The other and a very key role for us is to advocate, advocate for a modernized regulatory environment in Canada that promotes innovation and growth. Um, so basically remove barriers, okay? Um, because, uh, you know, the industry operates under a set of regulations that are defined by Health Canada, and that's what they have to adhere to. But um, those were established a really long time ago, and we believe that they need to be modernized. And then the other is manage the narrative um, as best we can. On any given day, um, there's a lot of stuff in the news about plant-based foods. Sometimes they love us, sometimes they hate us. Sometimes it's right, sometimes it's not right. So it's trying to establish um, a consistent, accurate message about plant-based foods uh, um, that's out there. And so back to kind of like what some of like, I just, I remember being a kid and at school we had this like nutrition guide. Do you remember that like pyramid? And it always used to be that like the dairy products and the meat products were so heavily, like, like it was the biggest portion and like veggies and fruits weren't. And I just want to talk about that because again, I haven't seen one of those triangles in a really long time. I'm wondering, do they still exist? Does it look different now? Like, are we even doing it? What, what's going on with that? So, yeah, so there is a food guide. It was um, actually uh, updated in 2019 and where it was traditionally based on animal-based proteins, the guide was um, updated to encourage consumer Canadian, Canadians to eat plants more often. And uh, so it was the first time that we've really seen that in there. Um, and, you know, that decision would have been made by Health Canada to update that based on science. There's a lot of research out there that talks about the benefits of plant-based foods. And that sort of revision to dietary guides is consistent with what we're seeing in other countries. So Netherlands, Australia, Brazil. And at the same time, it would have also been recognition that consumer eating patterns are changing. Um, you know, as these products are much more widely accepted and have moved into the mainstream, that would have been uh, certainly on their radar. 
We're taking a quick break from our episode from a message from our sponsors over at Coco Kind. Coco Kind is a clean and sustainable skincare brand based out of San Francisco. And instead of stripping your skin with harsh chemicals, they're all about nourishing it with natural plants and superfoods. One of my personal favorite Coco Kind products is the resurfacing sleep mask. And it centers around Bacuccio, which is a natural plant-derived gentle retinol alternative. So it helps reduce the looks of dark spots, discoloration, and uneven skin tone. And it basically gives you all the benefits from a traditional retinol product without the usual side effects, which are excessive dryness and sensitivity. I'm not the only one who's obsessed with it. Here is a review from a customer named Michaela. She says, this, my friends, is a miracle worker. After a week, I don't even recognize my skin anymore because the transformation is unbelievable faded scars, even skin tone, and the list goes on. And this is all just for $22. You can find Coco Kind at Target, Whole Foods, or CocoKind.com. And for a limited time to my lovely listeners, you can get 10% off your first order with code LEMON10. So try it out. I hope you like it. And now back to our episode. So, I mean... We can obviously acknowledge and understand that vegan and a primarily vegetarian diet has been around in many cultures for centuries and centuries. So it's interesting because we know that North America traditionally has been one of the biggest consumers of meat products and meat and dairy. So when I say meat, I also do mean the dairy industry. Um, Do you personally see that in the next you know, five or even 10 years that that's significantly going to change that North America may become, I'm also side note, when I mean North America, I know that the US has a way bigger population than Canada, but do you believe that our consumption is just going to go down with animal products and how basically the consumer behavior trend is headed? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think, Certainly um, that you're going to continue to see plant-based foods gain um, uh, and be more, continue to be more widely accepted because make no mistake, this movement is being driven by consumers completely. This is consumers that are driving it. Um, and, you know, there's a multitude of reasons why they're doing this. Health is cited as the number one. But that's very closely followed by sustainability and concern for the environment, as well as animal welfare. But based on growing consumer demand, we're continuing to see new products utilizing plant-based proteins to mimic animal-based products, um, alternative meats, non-dairy products. And it makes it easy for those people who are looking to make a small change, right? So when we talked about the flexitarianism is popular or uh, consumers are willing to go there versus making the full leap to vegan vegetarianism, some of these products that are coming on the market fit perfectly in there because it makes it very easy to, to, um, as I said, have one type one night, one type another night. The reason why consumers keep coming back when they try these products is taste. Most important thing is taste. And when I think about all the amazing plant-based foods of Canada members who are bringing to market unique and novel applications of plant-based ingredients. So whether that be 
meals, appetizers, snacks, dressings, dips. Um, they're making it easy for consumers to expand their diets and incorporate new options and variety. And the more of more options that are available, the more consumers um, will try them. So, um, you know, I think you're going to, by all accounts, researchers, uh, the research that we have seen has suggested that, um, you know, this is a trend that's going to continue long into the future. And right now, most recent numbers are that this was plant-based foods up until the end of last year were growing at about 16% on a dollar basis and are now worth $500 million in Canada alone. And with no sight of that slowing. So, um, you know, in terms of, is it going to continue to become more prominent, continue to grow? Absolutely. Yeah. I honestly think that when you said taste is a huge factor, I think once Beyond Meat came out, it's called Beyond Meat, right? It like swept so many fast food chains, which I mean, it's an, that's an interesting topic in itself, but also the texture and how real it looks. When I say real, I mean, even the way that it cooks, like it literally is the exact same. So I think psychologically, um, people that are trying to make the shift, it's like, this is a no-brainer. And with that, I kind of want to also transition to discussing the grocery store because what I've noticed is that about like 10 or 15 years ago when I was in school, I remember um, the school that I went to, we weren't allowed to bring meat products. We could only bring veggie products. It was just like, yeah, it was a regulation. So we would get the Yves like bake bologna or the fake turkey, but that was always located in the plant section, you know, where the tofu was and where all the alternative was. Now we see the Beyond Meat um, products are actually located where the meat is. So let's just talk about that and how um, Plant-Based Foods Canada is working with grocery stores to decide where this, like where the foods are planted in the actual stores. Sure. So the one thing I would say, though, about the fast food um, is that the the quick serve restaurants absolutely elevated the conversation about plant based foods. Um, It was all over the news um, and it normalized plant based foods and got more people talking about it, built awareness. And then, of course, and then it moves into the grocery store. And, um, you know, we, the question that's always been out there is where do you place plant-based foods in the grocery store? And I think that it's important. And so we ran research last year that was store exit research. So it was mobile research. It was uh, through a company called Field Agent Canada. And they did interviews as people were coming out of the grocery store. And they interviewed um, meat eaters, carnivores, whatever you want to call them, uh, flexitarians, vegans, vegetarians. They had them identify themselves and ask them where they would like to see products in the store. And it, it broke based on sort of how you saw yourself, right? So depending on your dietary pattern. So if you're a flexitarian, the vast majority of folks said they wanted to see those products next to the animal-based counterparts. In the store, whether that be 
um, you know, fresh, fresh meat and fresh plant-based, uh, uh, burger options or ground or, um, steaks. Um, and, and then the same with the non-dairy, right? So to see non-dairy beverages in the same spot as the, the dairy beverages. The milk is beside the milk right now. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I think the thing is what's happening now, um, a big shift is that, um, consumers are looking at protein more holistically. So when they go to the grocery store, uh, specifically if you're a flexitarian, they're making conscious decisions to choose plant-based foods or they're making the decision when they get to the protein aisle to say, well, I'm going to cook this tonight, I'm going to choose this. But they're looking at protein more holistically as opposed to the way we're talking about it, separating it animal-based versus plant-based. It's protein. Right. And that is a shift that's actually happening in terms of certainly for flexitarians, how they're thinking about these things. For vegans and vegetarians, it was a little bit different. They would like to shop a plant based section, whether that be in produce, natural, and organic. So, what our research said was if possible, two sections within the store to capture those flexitarians, and then the plant based section so that we still continue to service those vegan vegetarians who represent maybe a small portion of the population, but represent a big portion of the volume. The other thing that we have done as uh, an organization is we partnered with the Plant-Based Foods Association in the U.S. and at NSF International, which is a certifying body, they do the GMO certification as well, to bring something called the Certified Plant-Based Program to Canada. And this is a very rigorous certification program that allows zero animal-based components in the products. Uh, NSF does the, um, the actual audit, and uh, we have the rights to license the icon in Canada. So once, in order, once a company is certified through NSF, they've gone through all of that process, then through us, they can get the certified plant-based icon to put on their packaging. And the um, and whether they're members or, or not members, it's, uh, it's possible. Um, and the reason for doing that was really to instill consumer confidence and to make it easy for consumers to find plant-based products in the grocery store. Uh, it's a voluntary program, but towards the end of this year, beginning of next year, you're going to start seeing products on the shelves with that icon. And, um, and, you know, it'll start to become visible. Wow. And with that, I also, I want to say there's so many of these plant-based foods that alternatives that are coming out. And I'm really thinking solely about like the baked, like chicken nuggets or the beyond beef burgers. And I know the, a really big factor is customers being customers and consumers really being concerned about GMO. And I know that with soy proteins and pea based proteins, all of that, that is a topic of conversation that does naturally come up. Like what is in what I am eating? And so do you see a shift from like soy going to pea or other plant-based proteins that you think are really going to be making a shift. I know that there a lot of beans are being incorporated in quinoa and stuff like that, but do you, do you see, are you currently seeing a shift away from soy? 
So, you know, as we're happy to see consumers making conscious decisions about the foods, um, choices that they're making in every way possible. And I would say that many of the products made by the Plant-Based Foods of Canada members are going to carry all different certifications, whether that's non-GMO, whether that's vegan, whether that's certified plant-based or other things. Um, but, um, you know, I think the reality is there's a wide variety of things that go into the choices that consumers make when they're, when they're deciding what foods to eat. And so I think it's less about a binary shift between soy and pea and more a diversification of new protein sources. So, you know, things that include uh, soy and pea, but also now include unique ways of working with almonds, coconuts, hemp, cashews. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's a diversification that's happening now. Okay. And okay. So before I kind of get into some new ways that we can shift into having more of a plant-based focused diet. So data that showed that sales in meat and dairy alternatives in Canada grew by 8%, but that was in 2018. So at that time, the industry was worth more than $3 billion. How often will these will this data be refreshed? And have you guys done it for 2019? Or will you be doing it for 2020? Look, how frequently um, will that be measured? So absolutely, it's important to know where it's going. So the numbers that you're quoting are actually from the U.S., Okay, so that's not Canada, so that's U.S. Um, and so the U.S. organization, Plant-Based Foods Association, they run that data on an annualized basis. We ran it for the first time last year, um, ending December uh, 2019. So that's when we, so the growth was at 16% uh, for Canada in dollars, and it's worth $500 million in, so about one-tenth, right? Because I think it was up to about $5 billion in the U.S., so we're about one-tenth, so 500 million. But that's outpacing the growth of traditional products in the grocery store. And the interesting thing is that, you know, as we saw, as we haven't seen that wane. So, you know, we took a look at sort of the, at the start of this um, through, um, I want to say, I don't have the exact dates, but, uh, you know, all research indicated that plant-based foods continue to outpace uh, traditional animal products, even through the pandemic. And I think that growth is phenomenal. Our intention is to try and run this on an annualized basis for a few reasons. One is we think it's important to have Canadian numbers instead of using American numbers. Like, um, like I just did that mistake. <laughs> yeah, but you know what the media does all the time because that's all that was available. So that's why it's important for us to do this. It's also important for our members to have consistent information. I mean, lots of companies run research, but it's important that we're all talking about the same numbers, right? And, you know, I would say that from all indications, we're, when we run that again this year, that we're going to continue to see that kind of growth. And, you know, the plant-based foods industry in Canada is poised for continued growth. There's all kinds of innovative new product launches. And even just over the last year, the number of emerging companies in this space is unbelievable coming out of Canada. Uh, there's a whole lot of leadership coming um, from within uh, this country. I mean, you hear a lot about what's going on in the U.S., but there are so many um, new and emerging and creative companies that are starting up 
um, as well as all the products that are being brought to market by companies that have been in this for a long time. And, you know, the other thing about Canada that makes us a bit unique is the fact that the federal government has acknowledged the importance of plant-based proteins. Uh, they have invested $150 million into an innovation supercluster to make Canada basically a powerhouse on the world stage from a plant protein perspective. Through the um, uh, several months ago, in addition to that, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau um, was uh, made an announcement that the government, in, in addition to that, was investing $100 million in a company um, to produce canola isolate. So there's a huge focus by the federal government on this particular area. And, you know, Canada's already a top producer of lentils in the world. Uh, we excel at providing uh, nutritious. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we are, um, Canada is, um, yeah, we are very well poised in this particular area. And, you know, we are really good at producing um, nutritious plant-based protein options. And um, so it's, uh, you know, and the members of Plant-Based Foods of Canada are really uh, leaders in making products that are aligned with where this is going. So you're going to see a lot of, of um, things coming out uh, as we head into the future. There's a lot's happened, but that's going to continue. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you that are listening, um, I think this is one uh, kind of at the end, like, okay, so what can I do? So what, for, for people that are listening, how would you suggest some easy ways to kind of make little shifts towards a more plant-based diet? I mean, we know about Meatless Mondays has been around for a very long time, um, but what other ways would you suggest listeners kind of head in towards that direction? Sure. So, you know what I would say, all you need to do is go to the grocery store and walk up and down the aisles, but folks right now are not spending a lot of time exploring in the grocery store. But here's a few things that you can do. So, you know, there's all kinds of recipe books out there. And whether you have one at home or whether you check online, it's unbelievable. The recipe books that are out there and the new ones that are being launched. And so I would say, take a look at those. Look for creative recipes. When you write your grocery list, um, either use those recipes or take a look at what it is that you're purchasing, what's on the list, and look for ways to swap out potentially when you're making your tacos or if you are making spaghetti and meatballs. Look for ways to swap out things or your grilled cheese. So there's, there's all kinds of ways to do that. And of course, the obvious is when you're firing up the grill, try a plant-based burger, whether that is one that mimics uh, animal-based proteins or whether it's a black bean burger. Um, try something new. Uh, there's all kinds of options out there. So it's, it's actually not that difficult. Um, it just takes a little bit of... Uh, of planning and uh, willingness to try something different. And it's kind of just for, it'll be a little bit of a reteaching and reprogramming in some people's minds, but that's, that's great. We have time right now to like get cooking and get creative in the kitchen. Um, 
And there are so many different studies and research out there that kind of shifts towards making that change positive. Again, not only for our bodies, but also for the planet. Yeah, I, I think you're right. But I think what we've seen is that people spending more time at home, right, are, um, first of all, there's more home cooking. So they're willing to try this kind of thing. Um, and uh, to uh, be adventurous, to explore. And as I said, it's not difficult. Um, but uh, it, and once you realize what's out there, all the variety, all the options, um, it's just uh, incredible. Yeah. So Leslie, I want to thank you so much for um, joining me today. This was super informative. Um, I learned a lot and I hope the listeners learned a lot as well. I'm really excited to see kind of where we're headed with this. And um, they can also visit the website because I know that there are tons, there's tons of information on there. Yes. And so visit the website at www.plantbasedfoodscanada.ca and follow us on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Plant Based Can, the whole thing. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much.